Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of Sleep Startle, a podcast by me, Maya Carlton. Today, I have something a little different, maybe a little bit fun for you guys. Since we'd been doing short stories, I thought I would include two poems and a short story today so we can pick up the length of this wonderful podcast. And you can let me know if you'd prefer me to have five-minute short stories or you'd like to see it in this format where there's multiple stories in one. So let's jump right into it. Home is where the heart is. They say home is where the heart is, but I like to be as far away from mine as possible. I lock my heart in an impenetrable box with no access, no lock and key, no secret entrance. It lives in a faraway place with my monsters and demons. They slowly eat away at every bit and piece, but there's always something left. I stay alive to be alive, but not to feel. I'm waking from, waiting for a train to come, but can never get on, and my heart is the next stop destination. They say home is where the heart is, but mine pounds at the worst times. I hate to feel the blood rushing through those tiny veins about to explode. Maybe you find the sound of another heartbeat soothing, but I'm waiting till the moment it stops, the moment I lose a lover, the moment I lose a life. Everyone's heart will stop beating some day as we return to the earth that once grew it, and every time I sit and listen to a heartbeat, that time goes ever-presently closer. They say home is where the heart is, but I lay on one side not to feel, not to feel death creeping up on my long, slender body. He's waiting for me. He knows where my secrets are. He sits and lurks in every dark corridor. I see him in my dreams. He's everywhere but nowhere. He is present in all my bad decisions. He's playing the deck of cards that is my life, waiting for me to hear my heartbeat so he can steal it away. Now for our second poem. Void, do not resuscitate. Sadness is a constant, an ever-present feeling. A black void is reality, endless and complete. I don't ask for death, I pray for it. A coincidental accident blinking me out of existence. No mouth, no eyes, no black, no color. It's nothing, it's perfect. I don't ask for death, I yearn for it. But there's a one fatal flaw. There's a ferris wheel with no off switch, just override, just spinning and waiting for the cars to fall off, till they fall through the earth and space and are just a void. Avoid me at all costs, for I have destructive tendencies. I'll break apart your glass house because mine broke long ago. Happiness is a construct that I will take from you. I don't care for ups and downs, just a straight path to demise. And when my eyes meet your eyes, it's a deserted minefield waiting to be touched. A touch is a sacred thing, gentle as a peony, but a deep well of dead grass grows where too many hands have been, and the void grows deeper and longer. Eventually there is no girl, no place, no home, just a void, praying, yearning, broken, asking for a hand, waiting for the end. And finally, we have our short story, Smoke. Waves lap gently on a pristine city shore. A plane droning overhead is a slight buzz like a bumblebee too close to the ear. The plane is hours from its destination, flying at 15,000 feet. The passengers enjoy a small drink, relaxing and settling in for the long flight. It's a normal June day. The plane is full to the brim, mainly with intercontinental business flyers. 
but a family destined for vacation litters the rose. Burr, click. This is your captain speaking. You are now free to roam the aisles as you please, as the seatbelt sign has been turned off. His voice booms over the loudspeaker before abruptly cutting off. A passenger gets up to use the restroom. He's been waiting for far too long. Airplane bathrooms are cramped and small, but as he begins to relieve himself, the small cubicle fills with a thick, gray smoke. He rushes out to find the plane blanket in the fog. It smells like chemicals, not fire, and singes every entryway to the human body. People start to panic. They beg the flight attendants to put the airbags down. They begin gasping for air. The plane is jolting, but no one seems to notice. They're begging for oxygen to continue to live. One man remains calm. He's breathing through the respirator and staring at the tiny oval window. The world is gray. There is no dimension, no ocean, no sky. He can feel the plane dropping altitude. He wonders if anyone else notices. He accepts the fate coming his way at hundreds of miles per hour. He's the only one who sees the world again, the only one who sees the ocean and the city three feet before they hit the concrete that is the Pacific Ocean. His body is cold. Cold is the only sensation he feels. His eyes open into the sea. It burns. He's drowning. Muffled screams echo like a whale's mating He miraculously finds his way up. There's a shore in the distance, a destination, hope. He can't process what has happened. Now he, how he got here, he only focuses on the sand before him. The ocean is tumultuous, but seemingly not more than usual. The bay is littered with bodies, writhing with the tide, but like an iceberg, there is more below the water than above. They're fighting forward toward the sand, but against every force they begin to fall back, pulling into a wake of a wave too big to comprehend, full of dead bodies and plane parts. She wakes on a grainy surface. Her mouth is full of blood, her body in searing pain. She struggles to her feet. A horrific sight stands before her. A once beautiful beach city, most likely San Diego, crumbles in front of her. She can't pull her eyes away. It's a dazzling diamond of destruction. The streets are littered with husks of human bodies. They strike her with the similarity of an old tanned cowhide left out in the sun for far too long. Their eyes have melted into their skulls and all the blood has dried up. She manages to pull her eyes away to look down the beach and she sees the mangled corpses of her pa other plane passengers. She realizes they're not dead and as hearing returns to her, only a symphony of screams entails. A symphony like a flock of seagulls on a pristine ocean beach. If you've managed to listen this long, I'm slightly surprised. And I hope that you can go and follow me and want to listen to more of these as I put them out every week. Like I said, I'd love to hear your feedback if you'd rather have multiple stories in one, or if you'd like me to stick to keeping them in separate episodes. Please follow me on my social media at m.x.andra on Instagram, as I post a lot of content related to this podcast there. And I do have a Patreon that I am looking to maintain very soon at the Sleep Startle Podcast. So please find me there if you'd like to support this weird, wacky dream I have.